On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, we catch up with former NBA player, former Magic player, Marcin Gortat. He spent 12 years in the NBA, his first few seasons with the Orlando Magic right here in City Beautiful. We had a terrific conversation as we discussed his humble beginnings back in his native Poland, his journey to the NBA, his multiple trips to the Orlando Magic Summer League team before ultimately making the roster. That finals run in 2009, what was it like being a teammate of Dwight Howard? And then where his NBA journey took him after Orlando to Washington and Phoenix. And lastly, is he at peace if he never plays again in the NBA? Currently marching not on an NBA roster, so is he fine if this is it for his NBA career? A terrific discussion with former Magic Center Marcin Gortat on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. Welcome to another edition of the Magic Pod Squad. I'm David Steele, and I'm going to fill in uh, for Dante Marcatelli to lead this discussion this week. Dante is a little bit under the weather. He's here but a little under the weather, and How you'll hear when he speaks. one game, by the way? One it's, game, it's he a lost long season, race. and he's in trouble I already. He was a pro. But I am David Steele. We have George Galani, who just uh, weighed in. Uh, Jeff Turner, my broadcast buddy. I'm and, my voice. And the frog, Dante Marcatelli. I have a very low pain threshold. <laughs> Good and grief. I, I, yeah, I'm not a warrior, but I'm going to try to gut it out. I'm, I'll do anything for Marcin. He's kind right. enough to join us, so this will be fun. Yeah, we've got Marcin Gortat, if you hadn't noticed, uh, a longtime NBA veteran, 12 years in the NBA, not in the NBA as a player right now, but uh, that's one of the topics we want to hit on right. with March. We appreciate you being here. Thanks, spending guys. Some time. It's you always, never, always a pleasure. I didn't realize you never left Orlando from when you started your NBA career in 2007. You've had a home here ever since. Yes, I actually have a home uh, exactly two months before I was traded from Orlando. That's the funny story. So, you know, uh, I decided to purchase a house in my third year. Um, in my third year of being here in Orlando, and and two months later, I was traded. So it, it's by that house. Yeah, well, it's I would say that you know, a few years ago, I said this house must be cursed or something, but actually, it, it's a great house, and and I I just have so many memories with this house, and and you know, being here in Orlando, that's where everything started, and and I just love it. Can we go back a little farther than than Orlando? Because you know, I've always wanted to get a little more detail in, you know, your your upbringing in Poland. Your father was an Olympic boxer. Mm-hmm. Your mother was an outstanding volleyball player. National what was your player, right? What was your childhood like in Poland with with an athletic family? Well, obviously, it was a little bit different than 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 just regular kid in Poland. And then, uh, you know, I had a name. I had a name, and that was that was definitely a curse for me because. I played soccer for the first seven years from 10 to 17 I was playing soccer I was a soccer goalie and all the guys in the team were saying oh you playing because of your dad because your dad is famous because your dad is a brown you know brown medalist Olympic brown medalist and and um, that's why you're playing and I was always carrying that 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 name on, on the back of my of, on the back of my jersey and and people were saying you know always before they mentioned my name they were always saying oh his dad was this and this and that you know uh, Hopefully, in the future, when 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 my uh, when I'm gonna have a kid, they won't talk about my kid starting from me first. You know, uh, it, it's kind of like I said, it's it's crazy, but 
it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Uh, also, at the same time, I, I, I wasn't really rich. My family wasn't really rich. We were maybe not poor, but we were average family in Poland. And um, I didn't have parents who were bringing me to practice, dropping me with a, you know, driving with a car to practice, dropping me off. I was always, I was always walking. I was always walking to practice. I was always using train, buses, you know. And these days, I have a crazy story. Um, one of the ki- one of the fathers is dropping my kid to, to, to camp, and he said to his kid, "Well, just don't get sweat." I look at the father like, "What? Like, what did you just say? Like, how? Like, how you want to bring the kid to practice, and you tell him don't just get don't get sweat?" So <laughs> I was yeah. going to ask you what you just said, but now I got it the second time. Don't what get do sweat. Do? Don't, don't, don't get, get sweat. Don't yeah. get sweaty. What like, do you want him to do? Stand in the corner. Stay dry. Just stay dry, like, yeah. and I'm thinking, like, what, what, like, like, dude, like, what are you talking about? Like, this kid is about to run, jump, and he's gonna be here for three hours with me. He's gonna get tired. He's gonna get sweaty, filthy, and he's, you know, that that's what it's about. You know, it's playing basketball, sports, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I thank God I didn't have parents like that. No, I, I then coming to America, right? You get drafted by the, well, actually, get drafted by Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And the Magic make a trade for you. You're uh, sold for uh, draft cash, con- couple of, cash, 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 couple of twenties. I think and, it was. Right. I think <laughs> it was. I think it was a bucket of Gatorade, if I'm not mistaken. Right, like the blue Gatorade. <laughs> you're gonna go that hard. Okay, but that, so so th- so you're you're drafted 57th by Phoenix. You get traded to Orlando, and then it wasn't an immediate you know immediate latch on to the NBA. It took you at least seven summer leagues. Before you find <laughs> at least seven summer leagues, right. but okay. But, but, talk, but talk about those early days when you when you would come over for summer league and you would play and you would get to know the coaching staff a little bit and right, then right. and then you would go back. You know how fun it is when I remember when uh, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, this is on in in the back of my head. I was trade. I was drafted the same day when I was drafted to Orlando. I was drafted with Travis Diener. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, there was uh, Fran Vasquez. That probably sounds correct. Right. right. And I remember Fran Vasquez. Right. Do you? The Do guy you? that never showed Just up. Just from that. That never came. <laughs> That's the guy we're talking about. Right. right. Yes. 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 That's true. That's right. true. So the funny thing is when these guys shows up right here in the team, obviously you have a bunch of, you know, reporters, a bunch of, you know, cameras, you know, a lot of cameras and photo reporters and stuff like that. When I show up, there was nobody, you know? So there was That's the, true. There was, Did we at least send a car funny, for you? You know, when, when so like, hey, let's take a picture of the guy, pull up the iPhone, and he took the iPhone. You we didn't even have iPhones. iPhone. No, it was the number one. Yeah, the iPhone one. Out. The iPhone, iPhone one came <laughs> out. So that's, that's how funny it was, you know? And then when you're going all the way back, you know, back in time, it's just funny. But yeah, I, I made it to the team uh, two years later. I was drafted all five. I made it all seven. Uh, I put my, but wait, I, talk about those first two years, though, first. Talk about the going from, you know, two years of summer league and going right. back to Europe and, and not, and not be, you know, not being immediately drafted. And, and that time, like what, during right, that right. time, well, the it, work that you had to put in, it, that, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was a long journey. I ain't going to lie. The first thing I went to Las Vegas and, uh, right after I was drafted, I went to Las Vegas for the first summer league. I touched the, I, I touched the court, uh, during the five games summer league, I touched twice. The first time maybe it was like two minutes. The second time maybe it was like three minutes. Uh, and I remember that um, I met Dwight. Uh, I, I work out with Dwight a lot, and back then he was super skinny. And um, 
you know, I played twice. The guys told me, you got to go back to Europe. You got to work on your game. You got to get bigger, stronger and everything. You know, you got to improve your game. So I went back to Germany. A uh, year later, I came back for the Summer League. And the good thing and one thing what I love about, you know, Orlando Magic, specifically about Orlando Magic organization, they brought me here a month before. Uh, when I see different teams and I play for four different teams, they, they, they never brought players a month before to get them ready for the summer league. So I, I don't know who did that. It, you know, it was uh, Alex Martin or it was Otis Smith or, or whoever it was. Me. It was you. It me. <laughs> Appreciate you. No, you, are, you are. <laughs> so I came here a month before and I've been working out every day. And, uh, you know, obviously the team took care of my hotel. I had a car. I remember I had this little trailblazer. I was I was driving up and down. Sid was always telling me, uh, Sidney Rodney Rodney uh, uh, Rodney Rodney Powell was telling me, you know, where, what should I do? Where should I go? And he was telling me about the Disney and Universal Studios. So it was incredible. One month after first year, which was probably it, that was already second summer league. It was probably the best summer league ever. I till now I remember I averaged 15, 10, and five blocks. I don't know how <laughs> I did that, but. <laughs> I don't know how I averaged five well, blocks, but I did. But I did. Good, I was right? dominating. I was truly dominating. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I was dominating that summer league. And then the most disappointing thing was, I heard I gotta go back again. Mm. You know, it was really disappointing. I remember I was, I was frustrated. I was furious, and and I was just pissed. And I remember after that second summer league, the first one here in Orlando, I said, No, I'm done. I'm I'm not coming back to the NBA. I want to go back to the NBA. So I flew back for the second year in Germany. After second year in Germany, I came back and my agent tells me, tells me well, listen, they're changing the coach. Uh, Stan Van Gunn is gonna take over. They're missing one big man. Uh, Darko Milicic left the team, mm -hmm. so they're gonna need the third center. There's an option for you to, to make the team. Uh, just go play, you know, play, play your basketball, try to do as best as you can, and hopefully you're gonna make it. So I truly win. Again, I, I, I came back here for a month before the summer league. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to lie to you guys. I came here because I felt like there's going to be a great holidays for me. In Florida, one month. So I came without expectation. Didn't thinking you were going to make the team. I didn't think I was going to make it. I came without. I said, I'm not going to expect that I'm going to make the team. So I came here completely relaxed. Obviously, I work, hard, I work out hard for, 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 for the whole month. I had a, the best big man coach probably in the NBA right next to uh, uh, coach um, uh, Malone, coach Brandon Malone, but I work out with Mark Bryant and he was just tremendous person. I mean, tremendous. He was like a dad to me, like an older brother. We not only work out on the different, you know, moves under the basket, but then he played me one-on-one -on -one every day. It was great. Again, we started summer league. I started dominating, playing great and Right after pre after fifth game of the summer league, I'm sitting in the locker room. There, I remember this. I'm, 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 I said that story like a million times. So I'm sitting in the locker room. Sydney, uh, Sid is walking by, and I tell Sid I'm shaking because I'm dehydrated after fifth game. And and I said, uh, well, Sid, I'm going to come back tomorrow uh, to RDV. I'm going to pick up the shoes and rest of the stuff. He said, why? Um, I see you in September. I'm like, what? He said, oh, well, nothing, nothing. I, well, I didn't say anything. Oh. I didn't say anything. Is that just, right? Just go out to the media and talk to them. And then literally like 30 seconds later, I think you walked in. Yeah. Or maybe Joel, I don't know. No, maybe one you was, one of you guys walked in and said, March, we, you need to come out to the media. Can you speak to the media? So I came out to the media. I'm standing right in front of the camera. And 
a foot next to me standing low stand. And at the same time, when the reporter asked me, so what you think about, you know, do you think you made the team? And at the same time, uh, the, the second reporter asked questions, uh, asked Stan a question, and Stan respond, respond, yeah, we decided that 57 pick uh, Marcin Gortat from Poland from 2005 draft is going to stay with us for the whole year. For, he's going to sign a contract with a team. And I heard that. So the reporter, he sees my smile, that I'm smiling, and he said, like, you heard that, right? I'm like, yes. Wow. And I just lost it. I mean, my, my legs are shaking. I had this warm energy going to my back, and I was just like, I was in ecstasy. Like, it was just incredible. I mean, I, I really want to jump on Stan and just give him a kiss, you know, for right. everything. But, and that's how everything started. I wish started. you had done that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. made your, your, your NBA debut was in March. I don't think you got in a game until yeah. March. Yeah. yeah Do you remember like your that. first minutes when you checked in? I remember when I checked in. Uh, it, was, it was definitely, uh, I mean, something crazy because, again, gr crazy story. Five days before that game, my mom flew to United States to see me play. And she's seen my first NBA basket. I remember wow. I passed Michael Carey from, Michael Carey from uh, uh, New York Knicks. I, I, I made a move to a uh, baseline move and I, I finished with a reverse layup. And my mom was screaming, oh my God, that's my son, that's my son. And she started crying. So that was the first NBA basket she's seen and she never seen any, any more baskets. Because I never played that game, <laughs> you know, and she never came back to Paul. She never actually came back to states after that. Uh, so it was it was tremendous experience. I remember that day. I came from uh, I came obviously like three and a half hour before the game. I did my warm up on the court uh, with the cheerleaders exactly at the same time when the cheerleaders were getting warmed up. I was getting warmed up. It you would remember of, that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the cheerleaders, but I was remember I remember my warm up. You had a little bit of room to work right. with. Yeah. So I had I had to squeeze in. I had to share the court with the cheerleaders, basically. You know, that's how it is with the, the when you're a rookie. Right. That's how it is when you're a rookie. So um, I came back. Um, I came back to the locker room and and I had to start working out with with Joe Rogowski, uh, the strength strength conditional coach, and and I started doing my workout. Walk, I came back to the locker room, walking in back to the locker room. Next thing I see is my jersey in, 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 hanging in the locker room. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, what is this? I said, Sid, you made a mistake. I mean, I don't think that jersey is supposed to hang here. He's like, nah, a mistake. You know, Adalon Foyle is sick. You got to play. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm seriously going to play today? So I put that jersey on. I was just... Yeah, Ben, 12 years ago, it was just something special. I That's fantastic. You know, you had so many big games, and you made so many contributions to this team. But I think about that game six against Philadelphia. No Dwight Howard. Marching Gortat needs to step up. The biggest, probably the biggest game of your yeah. career to that point. And you blow out Philadelphia we on did. the road. If we lose that game, it comes back 3-3. Right. It was a tough series. Right. I mean, how, how excited were you for that moment? You know what? Uh, it was an exciting moment because I was starting the game in playoffs. I mean, what else would you, I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. You know, you have a perfect opportunity to make yourself, you know, to make a name for yourself. And, you know, I had a perfect opportunity. And to be honest with you, I was ready. One thing I can say, you know, all the stuff that Stan was preaching to me, Brandon Malone was preaching to me, all, you know, Joe Rogowski was teaching me, and all the vets that I had around me, they were telling me, you know, Bo Outlaw, my, my brother Bo Outlaw was telling me, just be ready. We were finishing warm-ups. He was like, let's get some sprints on the court, you know, right before the games. 
and now next thing you know you know from day to day you know from game to game all of a sudden you get you're getting information Dwight is suspended you're gonna play I was ready I was freaking ready to go from the get-go and all the teammates I had, you know, JJ Redick, uh, Rashard Lewis, Jamir, you know, they were such a good teammates and such a good uh, people. They were, they were like, don't worry, we're going to help you out. We're going to tell you, you know what to do. You, we've been doing this. We've been drilling this for three and a half hour with knee pads, you know, and we would stand. So <laughs> right. there is nothing new. You just do what, we, what Stan tells you to do, you know. And he's a Martin, run, just run, rim run, set screens, <laughs> set screens, rim run, march, block that shot. <laughs> I was just doing what I was supposed to do, guys. And I, I, like I said, it was, it was a great experience. You live, you work, your, you work the whole year. For one game like that, for those whatever 30, 35 minutes I play, you work your whole year for those 35 minutes in the game. Mm -hmm. And it was just a great moment. Much I'm always, uh, it's interesting with the um, kind of the international influence now in the NBA. Guys, what I, what I just saw, what was it 103? Did I see new international players? Mm -hmm. Over 100, 108, 103. It's somewhere in that like range that. and everything. And so you've described this journey to us and our listeners about coming from Poland and right. growing up playing soccer. Right. Um, when you were in Germany and everything, the, the development side, I played in Italy many, many years ago. And the development side from in a European team is really strong. It, do you think that's a big reason why so many international players now are finding success? Well, I would say that one of the reasons why why European players are successful because I think European is opened more for the for, uh, NBA is opened more for Europe right now. That's one. Two. I ain't gonna lie. There's way more events like camps, you know, academies. You have more NBA players going back to their countries, doing a lot of different things with players with the, with the youth teams. Um, NBA provide you know league passes, you know, free league passes, and all different um, you know commercial things for the kids. And and it's open. NBA is just opened more for Europe, and obviously not only for Europe, but all the, all the other continents. Um, I will say the better leagues like Spain, Russia, Greece, definitely Serbia, Slovenia, uh, you know, Italy, they have just they, they just have budgets. They have money for, you know, training players and, and, and getting them better. Um, at the same time, NBA teams, they know what European player, players bring to the table. You know, every, I'm 100% I'm sure that every GM and the president of the organization is hoping that if they're gonna pick that, you know, Polish guy from 57 pick, <laughs> you know, they maybe it's gonna be next, next Dirk Nowitzki. Who knows? You know, worst case scenario, you know, maybe Manu Ginobili. You know, you never know. And obviously, one out of 20, 30 players, it, it, it's becoming that that superstar, European superstar. But besides being a superstar, you're talking about different culture. You're talking about, you know. Me as an example, I'm coming from a country where it's 40 million people. When I play NBA game, there's 40 million people following me and watching me. You know, so we we European players bring a lot of different things to the table. Not only culture to the locker room, but we bring our fans, fan base, selling merchandise, selling jerseys. You know, bringing people. You go to New York or Chicago with me. I'm 100% sure there's about 
300 Polish people buying tickets for the game, you know? So we do bring different things to the table, not only obviously basketball skills and basketball opportunities and, and different things, but we bring a lot of different things with us. And um, that's why a lot of NBA, uh, that's why a lot of kids from Europe is going to the NBA right now because it's right So what, now. do you miss it now, March? What's, what's the plan now? Do you, would you play if, if a team called? Are you interested in Well, it has to be, to it will have to be a, a definitely a, a good opportunity. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be a player who's going to sit in a suit behind the bench. Um, I definitely don't have a need for that. Um, I've been 12 years playing in this league, and besides first three years in, 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 in Orlando where I was playing behind the best center in the league and probably back then the best player in the league, um, that was the only time I was a backup. So I can't imagine myself being in a team where I'm going to be sitting on the bench and I'm not going to play. I mean, I understand I'm 35 years old right now, but I still believe I can be a, a solid backup. Maybe if not a starter, then at least solid backup, but I can't imagine being a third center. So uh, if there's going to be a, the right opportunity, the right team, the right system, yeah, I might, I might consider, you know, making move. How did that help you playing against Dwight every day in practice for three years, four well, years. We are recording. We are recording. I see we, the you scars. Guys can't I see it. the scars. I was bleeding every day, guys. <laughs> I was bleeding every day. Really? And, and to be honest with you, just as much as I hate Dwight and his elbows, I love what he did for me. I mean, besides those 20 suits and 20 pair of shoes and <laughs> com brand new computer laptops and, and all the rides and all the money he gave me, I really appreciate what he did for me and and i really appreciate what adonel uh, foil and tony Batty and bo outlaw did when they were telling all right rook rook go get dwight you're gonna guard him you're gonna guard him you're gonna guard him you know the whole practice could it be because adonel and and, and tony didn't want any piece of that they're like well, you know we're all I, I think they were like why would i do that if i can send a rookie to do that you <laughs> right know, that's exactly. I'll, I'll probably say it was that way but listen i appreciate that you know i, I I know, I see Adonel, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in touch with Adonel and Tony till now. So, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing against them, you know, obviously. But, you know, it was, it was, it was a tough time. I, I had to go and work out and eat like, like a freaking horse to be able to survive practice against White because mm -hmm. this guy was a monster. I mean, this guy was cracking bones. Every time when, I, when he hit me with one of those big shoulders, my bones were cracking. I mean, I felt like my spine was moving, you know. It, it was crazy, but... After first year when I gained like 20 good pounds, then yeah, it was nice. Then we could muscle up. We could definitely muscle up with Dwight. And then I was begging him for three years, please cut your nails, man. Cut your nails. <laughs> just I, I got to the shot. I had to get every year additional shot, you know, because I just I wasn't sure if I was going to get, you know, infection or anything like that because his nails were just ridiculous. Other guys, <laughs> other guys that you've... You, you, enjoyed facing or were difficult to face in the NBA obviously Dwight was was in his prime was well there was only one guy Shaq I mean Shaq was the only guy but I when Shaq was showing up I knew I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play because Dwight was just fired up and I knew Dwight's gonna take 49 minutes to play against him he's gonna even play him at a warm-up if he could you know I mean he was just getting ready to play Shaq every freaking time so I was I knew I'm not gonna play if I'm gonna play it's gonna be probably two minutes just just you know, to allow Dwight catch a breath, but uh, that was the only person you. I would, I would say, like, yeah, you gotta get ready. You really gotta get ready, and you really have to watch out because obviously Shaq is strong, super strong, big, and obviously skilled. But other than that, you go into the game and you see all these centers, and 
you basically laughing. I'm like, come on, man. There's there's nothing worse than Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard in a practice without referees. I mean, without <laughs> whistles, with stands saying there was no foul, <laughs> there was no foul. I didn't see. Anything. I mean, I didn't see anything. So there's not. I mean, there's nothing potentially bigger or stronger or worse than, like I said, Dwight in a practice without whistle. But that you know, ended up being a good opportunity for you, I would imagine. Right. Playing with Steve Nash, going to Phoenix right. was a huge opportunity. But do you th- can you not help but think, like we all do, if you kept that group together and just made another – you go to the finals in 09. What if you just made another run at it to, to – you know, to- You're right, you're right. I think, we had a, I think we had a great group. I think we had a great group. Obviously, you know, out of, from the whole team, Everybody remembers Courtney Lee and that missed layup in the finals. Right. Unfortunately, you know, I love Courtney, but damn boy, you should make that layup, <laughs> you know. But again, yeah, listen, there was a lot of things going on. I think the, the pressure from the media and the pressure from, you know, all these experts in TV, uh, you know, I think Otis and, and the, the management had to make a move, you know. At the same time, I, I remember I was, I was really demanding I want to play too. And I'm not going to lie. I, so, I don't want to. I don't want to put blame on Otis or Stan on anybody else. I was also the, the young kid who was saying, hey, I want to play. I deserve to play. I prove it myself, yep. you know, that when Dwight goes down, I can play, I can cover up, I can be a starter in this team. You know, Stan was trying to force, you know, two bigs, you know, me at the four and Dwight at the five. Yeah, some games it, it, it was working out, but you can't play 82 games like that. You just can't. You know, you need, you need a shooter. And I wasn't a shooter. I mean, I, I was a mid-range, low mid-range jumper, but, you know, I couldn't shoot three. So at the end of the day, Otis had to make moves. And, and unfortunately, the moves, you know, were made. Uh, I, went to, I went to Phoenix. Um, it, was, it was a great opportunity for me to play with Steve Nash, mm-hmm. with the legend. You know, I was obviously cracking jokes with Steve. I said, Steve, I'm going to set a screen. Wait for me. Then I'm going to be open. You know, pass the ball. I'm going to bring you to promised land. And, <laughs> and he was looking at me. He's like, March. I mean, stop. I'm, I'm laughing. You know, you don't do this before the game, right? So <laughs> we were just cracking and laughing. And uh, obviously not only Steve, but that was Grant Hill too. Sure. And these two guys were just amazing. I mean, being with these two guys – being with Paul Pierce in Washington, being with Lou Williams in, 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 in uh, L.A., being here with guys like Bo Outlaw, Tony Batty, you know, Rashard, Jameer. They were great vets, man. Bo Outlaw, I mean, they were great vets. Do you have a favorite from Orlando? Do you have a favorite teammate that you had? I got to tell you, I, I'm – Multiple teammates. Yeah, I would say few, few, few of them. I mean, Bo – Adonal, you know, these guys not only made me as a player, but they, they, they made me as a man. I mean, they, they, they built me as a man. You know, they, they told me how to act. They told me what should I worry about, what should I take care of, you know, take care of your family, take care of your close friends, you know, take care of your body, you know, work on your game. You know, they, these guys were just great, you know. And I, if I could, I mean, I remember this one quote Stan told me. I, I, I think it was in the playoffs. He said, cherish that moment. Trust me, there's not every team that's winning 50-plus games a year. Cherish that moment and enjoy it because you never know when you're going to come back to that moment. <sighs> I never came back. about that? That's right. So I remember that moment. It was exactly – I was sitting on the right side of the locker room. Stan was right on the middle walking with that folded piece of paper, and he was just telling those stories. And, you know, back then when you were 21, 23 years old kid, you know, like, yeah, whatever, you know. But now when you're 35 <sighs> – we, we dubbed you here the Polish Hammer. Right. And uh, I here. see you've got a wristband on. 
I do. The Polish machine. Right? So he's always trying to. So cram. which one do you do you well, prefer? I, can, I would, I would well, assume we, the Polish. There's a story <laughs> to that a little bit. We we want we like the nickname the Polish Hammer. Right. But you kept trying to tell us that your nickname was the machine, not the Polish machine. It was just the machine, as the from machine, what I remember. Right. Yeah, like my well, name, my nickname is Machine, and, I'm, and I said, I'm not sure we can work with Machine. I don't right. think we, yeah. we can do anything with the well, Machine. Well, I tell you, right. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, you, you guys are like a, like a godfathers of that Polish hammer nickname. Oh, you yeah, you yeah. guys are, because you guys pulled that out from, from the internet, from Orlando Magic fans, fan base, when they started That was from Summer League. Yeah, 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 that was Summer League. Exactly. You guys, they, they started yeah. calling me Polish hammer, and you guys brought it up right. during the Summer League during uh, summer when you were you guys broadcasting. So that was pretty cool. And I got to tell you, how many players in the NBA you have? We have 450 players in the NBA, and not everybody got a nickname. True. Right. And next thing you know, this guy from Poland with a 57 pick, all of a sudden he got a nickname. That, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that that's is pretty right. cool. I, I think right. it's pretty cool. You know, yeah, At the end true. of the day, that's pretty cool. You didn't so, have a nickname, did you, JT? Right. You guys don't have a nickname. <laughs> well, I did say how got, how, 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 <laughs> You can't use it. You guys have been working for 25 years here, and you guys that's don't right. have nicknames. That's like, exactly right. You guys doing something wrong here. We have nicknames. I just can't say them. Usually somebody's muttering them under their breath. Are you still Driving the Trailblazer, or do you have a nicer car now? Oh man, I got, I got a few of them now. <laughs> I sold the, the 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 Beamer that put me in trouble, and Otis Smith called me to his office like, "Big Phil, you gotta slow down." I get, I'm, I'm getting phone calls from the officers. You gotta slow down. This guy loved driving yeah, fast. Yeah, I was, yeah. Love have you, have you driving fast. I love. As you as you've gotten older, have you slowed down a yeah, little bit? Yeah. I slow down because you realized how dumb that was. It was super right, dumb. Good. And, there you and go. On top of that, it was on top of that. I ain't gonna lie. This loud car was bringing so much attention. It was just completely unnecessary. But listen, everybody <laughs> has, has every player, every young guy has to go certain, sure. you know, through certain things. And and I, I'm just grateful that I, I didn't put myself in the bigger trouble. You know, that's and again, probably that's per, probably because of the, you know, front office people coaching staff the veterans because all these guys were you know whatever i did i was getting you know spanked in the head or you know slapped me. it was like yo what what the hell are you doing you know so thanks to these guys they were my like older brothers and fathers you know they they helped me to become who i am today and uh, i definitely sold the beamer uh two three years ago i got a few new cars i have a lot of cars unfortunately <laughs> but hey listen you always liked your cars that's right i love my cars but at the end of the day at age 35, I don't have my knees, I don't have my back, I don't have my hips, so at least I got the cars. I remember O'Donnell saying you give your body to this game, but I exactly. guess, could you see yourself, my last one for me, but could you see yourself, what a great resource marching would be working with some of these guys coming from overseas. Someone that's oh, yeah. done it, that understands what it takes to be successful yeah. in America and the yeah. NBA. I don't know if you have any interest in doing something like that. You know what, I had a, pro I had a proposal from different agencies uh, to, to be the, that kind of a speaker, you know, go to, uh, go to the meetings and talk to the guys. But, you know, obviously I cracked jokes. I listen, I said, I just take the highest, I take the highest seats, like, you know, being a president of the country. I'm not gonna be a speaker at the groups. You know, I'm going to be a president of my country if I want to be somebody. But is that a goal? Would you like to? I mean, I'm just cracking jokes. Like <laughs> <laughs> from what I understand, thought you had a scoop you there, Dante. Right. Right. Uh, you guys, like, I don't know if he can do that. Can he do that from I'm his house work. in Orlando? So <laughs> can you do that from here? I'm pretty sure I don't can know. Can I manage that. the country from right. being at home? Just in Central View. Just right. do it from here. You can do well, it on Skype, probably. Can do it on right. Skype. I can do Skype right. there, right? I mean, right. FaceTime now. We yeah. get those iPhones, right? So, but he put on your TV. You watch President Porter from Orlando. The president. Palm trees in the background by his pool. But 
coming back to your question, uh, I'll, you know, the one message I could definitely send to the European players is, one, learn English. Learn English, that's one. Two, if you don't know something in English, don't be afraid to say it that you don't know it. If you don't know it, then just say it the way you know it. If they're going to laugh at you, laugh too. Don't get mad. Don't, don't, you know, don't let your ego or your character to you know, flip on people. When you're, getting, when you're getting invited for the you know, boxing matches or you know, you're getting invited to the restaurant, bars, clubs, you got to go. You got to go meet your teammates. You got to go hang out with your teammates. You got to talk about not only basketball. You got to talk about life. You got to talk about games, cars, women. You got to talk about money. You got to talk about everything. You have to talk with your teammates. And basically, don't, don't be that guy that you're going to come here, try to make NBA team, and you're gonna, the next thing you know, you're going to show up 10 minutes before practice, you're going to work out, and 10 minutes after practice, you're going to go home because it's just not going to work. You're either going to be here every day, two hours before practice. You're going to talk to every person in your organization. You're going to talk to not only GM and the president, but you're also going to talk to the lady that's you know, cleaning the floor. You're going to talk to everybody. You're gonna gain their respect. You're gonna gain. You're gonna gain their friendship, and you're gonna have a ch bigger chance to become an NBA player and survive in this league. That's the only experience I could tell you. I, I know this from from my example, being here for 12 years. After 12 years, yesterday I walked into the game. I literally, before I walked to the court, I shake probably about 150 hands. I talked to security. I talked to waitresses. I talked to. You know, ball boys, I talked to people who were scanning me at the door. I was talking to everybody because I remember everybody. And um, funny thing, I remember most of the names. So if you do that, that's gonna, people going to know that you are not only a basketball player, but you are a human being walking off the court. And that's how you're going to gain their respect and friendship. You know, I think that, that we, awesome. it's, it's pretty obvious. March is, he's probably one of the most popular players um, in the 30-plus year history of of the Orlando Magic, and I, you know, I think that's that's why because you treat people with respect and you uh, you, you immersed yourself in the community with the organization and in the appreciate community. You, I, I'm sure you did that everywhere you played. Yeah, and we, we appreciate tried, yeah. we appreciate you being here today, and we look forward to seeing you back out on the court maybe sometime soon. If not, then uh, we'll see you around town, right? Definitely. Oh, you're definitely going to see me at the game, sitting in that front row right there. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> thanks, Love thanks it. for thanks joining so us, much, March. Appreciate you. Good guys. to see you, Thank March. You.